God Hears Her. God Hears Her. God Hears Her is brought to you. Is brought to you. By our Daily Bread Ministries. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Visit GodHearsHer.org. Or find us on social for more information. Oz did say to me, you know, all these little differences will add up to a big difference. So I knew it wasn't called a parking lot, but I couldn't remember that it was a car park. And so I'd be afraid to talk and I'd feel like, oh, I'm so American and they're going to judge me as soon as I open my mouth. So I felt very self-conscious and I had to really go back to my identity as I am God's beloved. Mm. I am a child of God. That is my worth. God sees me. God hears me. I know who I am because he loves me. You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, he sees you, and he loves you because you are his. Find out how these realities free you today on God Hears Her. Welcome to God Hears Her. I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. What was the last major life transition that you've experienced? Maybe you moved to a new city or experienced a career change. Or maybe you had a child at home, and now that child is at school. Or maybe it was more traumatic change, like a divorce or a loss of a relationship. As women, we can find our identity in so many different things. And then, when those things disappear, it feels like we disappear. Well, today on God Hears Her, Amy Boucher Pye joins us to talk about some of the major transitions in her life. She is an editor, an author, she writes for Our Daily Bread, and she's also a friend of yours, Lisa. Yeah, yeah. I actually met Amy in London because that's where she lives. And, you know, we were at Kensington Palace, which was featuring an exhibit of Princess Diana's wardrobe. It was fabulous. It was amazing. And since then, we spent some time together especially at our Daily Bread during writing conferences and stuff like that. But she's not here to talk about clothes, <laughs> snap, or about writing devotional articles for our Daily Bread. She's actually here because she has an amazing story to tell about losing sight of her identity and how God restored her to discover who He made her to be. Mm, let's get to it. Here's Amy boucher Pie as she describes moving from the U.S. to London with her husband and the identity crisis that followed. This is God Hears Her. I met an Englishman of over 20 years ago, and we got married. And the deal was, was that he was going to finish his seminary. And in the Church of England, you have to give back three years being a curate. So we were going to be in England five to seven years. It's been 22. Oh, my goodness. And he's English. He's very English. Okay. Where yes. did you meet? We met when he was at seminary outside of Washington, D.C. We met at a book club. Nice. That's I walked so in. I know. I walked in, and he said he had an aha moment. Oh, I so, love that. Did you? Uh-uh. No. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Mine came later. Yours, Yours came, came later. later. Yeah. How much longer later? Oh, not long. Okay. Not long. Okay. Yeah. So you're in. he's in seminary. You meet at a book club. Mm-hmm. How long did you court not long. We actually started talking about marriage after our third date, oh, gosh. which we don't recommend, but yeah. <laughs> and he actually proposed to me on the day Diana was buried. Well, he was. Wow. He tried to. I have a whole chapter in my first book, Finding Myself in Britain, um, about how he tried to propose. But I was living in Washington, D.C., and he came and he was there at the same time, and he was taking me out to dinner, and I knew he was going to propose. I yeah. called my best friend. I did my fingernails. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, he's going to do it. Tonight's the night. Yep. And then he took me because he wanted to propose on British soil, oh. which was so cool. 
But that was the day Diana was buried. And so can you imagine what the British Embassy was like? Oh, my goodness. There was police directing traffic, people selling flowers. It was a mad, just a bedlam. It was such a mess. Mm -hmm. So we got up there. He had these dozen roses in front of all of these flowers. And that's, I didn't know this, but that's when he gets a nudge from the Holy Spirit going, you know, if you marry her, there might be other times when you're away from your country. Are you ready to count the cost? Wow. And he wasn't, which actually is because he takes things so seriously. He thinks Mm. them through. So he gave my dozen roses to Diana. Oh, my So he did that, and then he turned to me and gave me this So he put the flowers in the pile with all the other funeral flowers. And I'm like, what's happening here? My plan is not going to go. My nails. My nails. My nails. nails. (laughs) So it was 24 hours of heartache, and then he came back the next day after church, and we had broken up, and then he came back, and... Went shopping on Sunday, which he didn't like to do, to buy another dozen roses and came and proposed. But it yeah. had a happy ending, but there was some drama so you, there. So you did break up. Yes. When when you saw or when you felt like when it, it didn't wasn't happen. happen. When he gave yeah. the flowers to Diana. Yeah. Well, he yeah. just, he was still counting the cost and oh, said, I guess I I'm you. just going to have to go back to England and mm-hmm. we'll have to, I'm like, okay, it's done. See, and yeah, then three gosh. hours later, he came back. That was a difficult oh. three hours. It was. I was, yeah. So was, you married and you ended up moving I did yes because he was still in seminary or theological college as they call it and you stayed there you've lived there for 20 something years now yes yes so wow what's it like to be don't we call that an expat is that the right term well that's an interesting thing you're either an immigrant or an expat or Or what what are you because you're American yes yeah I am British too now I do I am a subject of the queen I have a dual citizenship and the king meaning Uh, Jesus go ahead uh, yeah no I was just going to say in the most important citizenship is our heavenly citizenship yes yeah so i mean it's an adjustment but we live in london and i mean being an american in london is not even that interesting because there's so (laughs) many people from so many different nations our church is we have about a hundred or so and we have about 19 nationalities oh nice wow so it's just a taste of heaven it really is wonderful and we americans are so insulated Mm -hmm. uh, and duh about the the reality of our global church that is wonderful that you get to worship constantly in that i want to go back 22 3 4 however many years it is and ask you about what the process was like you know you're you're a young excited bride with her fingernails done you know thinking this is going to be awesome and i'm falling in love and here we go what was it like to pick up roots and and move. You didn't probably know it was going to be as long as it no, did. No, so I didn't know. Tell us I, about that transition. Well, it was it was devastating, actually. I was this career woman living yeah. in Washington, D.C. I had mm. a very wonderful life with the church and lots of friends. And then I moved to England. We were in Cambridge at first. And I was all of a sudden Mrs. Pye, you know, going to a doctor's appointment, and they called Mrs. Pye. I'm like, who's that? That's my mother-in-law. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. And and to not work, I wasn't working at first. And what was your profession in those well, days? Well, I was an editor. Okay. okay. Um, I hadn't okay. moved into writing yet. And I had worked with Oz Guinness in Washington, D.C., Wow. and he talks a lot about calling. And I knew that my calling mm. was not my work. Mm. But, oh, boy, when you're not working, you're like, who am I? Yeah. And 
where is God? And I thought this was all right, and it is right, and I know it's right to be married, but it's so hard to be away from my family. And this was when the internet was, I mean, the internet was there, but the UK was behind a bit, Mm. and we didn't have mobile phones, and we definitely didn't have Skype, or, I mean, even a phone call was really Mm. expensive. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was cut off, and I wasn't working, and who am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I felt like a little child, actually, of... I think because the language, and Oz did say to me, you know, all these little differences will add up to a big difference. So I knew it wasn't called a parking lot, but I couldn't remember that it was a car park. And so I'd be afraid to talk and I'd feel like, oh, I'm so American and they're going to judge me as soon as I open my mouth. So I felt very self-conscious and I had to really go back to my identity as I am God's beloved. Mm. I am a child of God. That is my worth. God sees me. God hears me. I know who I am because he loves me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that I'm not working. I'm not contributing to the household finances. Mm -hmm. I can just live in Cambridge and go punting on the cam, you know, punting or those boats. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And and just be a tourist for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. But it was a long, long process. And it, you know, even at times now, not so much in London, but if I'm speaking out in the country, mm. quite often people say, oh, how long mm. are you visiting? Oh. <laughs> you know, oh, 22 years. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can tell just by your accent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Being well, American. that's just so, I mean, you learn you learned something through that process, being completely stripped of anything you found your identity yes. in, yes. To, un- to walk into where your true identity That's right. Is. And I think so many women can relate to that because yeah. we're stripped of our identity Mm-hmm. You know, as a student, then you move out, maybe you get married, and then you maybe you have kids, and maybe your kids grow up, yeah. and you're not, you know, a mother in the same way anymore, or your job changes, or you lose your job. But I think that's real, Amy, what yes. you're talking about, especially for women, because we do mm-hmm. lay aside roles, yes. and we mistake roles for identity. That's yes. right. And it yes. gets really confusing when you've laid aside roles. I remember when I, I left being the CEO at a nonprofit that I just had been the poster child for for 20 years. And I called it the dismantling of Elisa. Oh, and and wow. I mean, I wanted to be less necessary, not unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, yes. and it's a, it's a very humbling mm. process. Yes. And, and how does... did you stay true to who you are in the midst of that? Yeah. Well, it's really what you just said. You know, yeah. you have to remember who you are and how God sees you and realize that my identity is not the role. The role yes. was a place I was invited to serve. Yeah, that's right. But I'm still here. It's just, it's very different and it takes a huge adjustment. And mm-hmm. I know so many women who've gone through that, it is they become empty nesters and all the busyness of having kids around is suddenly evaporated yeah. or vice versa, you know, the opposite direction. They've been in a busy career and suddenly they decide to stay home with their kids. What happened to me? You know, so this is, this is a real felt need. You gave yourself permission to, to play a little bit and be a tourist. Like when you said that, that would be really hard having a career and a community of people that you're constantly surround serving, giving, and then you're in a place what feels a little isolating and then you dismantling to not know who you are. But then you're like, I'm going to give myself permission to play a little. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had to give myself permission. I mean, it was still hard. And I think, you know, walking alongside yourself, I think C.S. Lewis says, and I felt so often that I was walking alongside myself Mm. and not living in the present in the moment. So it was a struggle to Mm. ask God to really connect all those parts of me. And friendship with women actually is really how God helped me too. I mean, obviously, I had my wonderful relationship with my husband, but 
I had so many friends in D.C., and I just prayed, Lord, please just send me at least one friend. Mm. And he sent me a lovely Irish woman, Mm. a lovely South African woman, and a lovely Scottish woman in the first place we lived. And it was such a godsend. How did you meet them? Through church. Just church. Yes. Did you have to be a participant in that process or did God just put them on your doorstep? Oh no, I had to, (laughs) I had to, yeah, no, I had Mm. to pursue them. What did you do? I don't even remember, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Mm -hmm. We can come back to that because what I wanted to ask is if you could for a few minutes, make it practical in terms of looking back. And most of us are kind of like just in a daze when we go through transition and we don't even know how we survive it. Mm -hmm. But looking back, can you identify some principles or actions that you took that helped you through the transition? Because so many women listening are going through some kind of transition and they're going, oh, you're, you're speaking my language. I'm stuck. I'm in a daze. I'm in a fog. I've lost myself. Any principles looking for friends, asking for friends, remembering your your identity really is. Really going back to first principles of making sure your relationship with God is completely solid Mm -hmm. because in those tender times You know, it's so easy to be swayed by the different winds or the insecurities or nobody likes me. I don't have any friends. You're back in junior high. Yeah. 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 I made a gaffe. I mean, we've moved a couple of times. That would be a mistake. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. Yes. I made a terrible mistake of saying something horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So really going back to the first principles of reigniting your relationship with God, Mm -hmm. that love relationship that you have, reading the Bible, praying, asking to hear, to Mm -hmm. sense God's voice so that you know that your identity is so solid. And then going out there and praying and asking God, send me some friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I have met a lot of friends at the gym. I love going to like body combat classes and body pump and all of that. And there I just play. I mean, I play being the American because it's, Uh I can be loud and outgoing and trying to make friends. And I always say, oh, I'm Amy, because Brits don't like to introduce themselves. This is Aaron. Aaron, have you met Elisa? And so I think really Hmm. going out and asking God to help you find friends, but then also doing your part in that. And, you know, sometimes it's making a plan, joining a crafting group Mm -hmm. or a writing group or a walking group or whatever kind of group it is and go, Lord... Help me find myself in you and help me to also be your light in this season. Mm-hmm. And I think as we look outside of ourselves and go, she's really hurting right now, or, you know, mm-hmm. she's got a need. How can I minister to her? Mm-hmm. And then we start to feel better about who we are because sure. God's like, I can use you as my hands. Yeah. I'll be working through you. Yeah. Mm, I think um, one of the best pieces of advice I've received is to invest by owing. Think about that. So instead of just being the answer woman, which we think is the Mm. Jesus-y thing to do, you know, say, can you help me? Yes. Yeah, to invite somebody else. Can you help me? And then somebody else is going to feel valued Mm -hmm. and necessary. And in so then you have this beautiful mutual exchange. That's Mm kind of cool. So you ended up staying for all these years. So what has surprised you about that? And has anything shifted? I mean, you're probably the welcoming one now. Well, I hope I am. Well, because you probably know what it's like to feel on the outside, on the other side. Yes. And a friend Mm. of mine, an English woman who actually is American, but she sounds Downton Abbey, you know, she really does. Mm -hmm. She said right when she was living in Washington, D.C., when we were engaged, and she said, you know, Amy, 
You'll just always have one foot on each side Mm -hmm. of the pond now. Mm -hmm. And that's true. I think not just with me in my life, but that's true in life. Sometimes we have to relinquish something, Mm -hmm. but God gives it back to us in another way. I'm still Mm -hmm. close with my family. I mean, we don't get to see each other as much, but Mm -hmm. the bonds are strong and connected. And I get to come back every now and again, like now, and go to Target. Yes. (laughs) Target run. Target. Target boutique. That's right. That's right. (laughs) When we come back, the conversation with Amy continues on the topic of identity and specifically her struggle to step confidently into becoming who God made her to be. For anyone who's struggling with the questions, who am I or who am I supposed to be? Don't miss the rest of this conversation. I found it so helpful. I hope you do too. That's coming up on God Hears Her. Hey guys, if you're enjoying the show today, please take a moment to write a quick review and rate us on iTunes and on whatever podcast platform you listen, because iTunes and other podcast platforms push highly rated shows in front of more people. So if you could take a moment to write a quick review and rate us, that would be super helpful in helping us to reach more women with a message that God hears her. Hey there, this is Daniel Ryan Day, the producer of God Hears Her. And I wanted to take just a quick moment to say thank you for joining us for season one and to let you know that Elisa and Aaron will be back on September 14th with a whole new season of topics, guests, and great conversation. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes and share God Hears Her with the women in your life that need to be reminded that God sees them, He hears them, and He loves them because they are His. We're back. This is God Hears Her, and I'm Erin Eddy. And I'm Elisa Morgan. We're in the middle of a conversation with Amy Boucher-Pie about the struggle around identity. Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? And in just a moment, Amy will share about a moment in her life when she struggled to accept and step confidently into all God had made her to do. But before we jump back in, just a quick reminder that if you miss anything in today's show, or if you're in the middle of doing something else, The talking points are available in the show notes. They can be found in the podcast description or on our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. In the show notes, you'll also find a link to a free resource entitled, What is God Calling Me to Do? This is an article that specifically addresses the topic of career and calling for anyone who hears the next part of this conversation and who's struggling to discover what God has for them to do. Again, the link is in the show notes or on our website, godhearsher.org. Let's get back into our conversation as Amy Boucher Pie describes accepting who God has made her to be in Christ and how difficult this was for her even as she was finishing the rigorous pursuit of a master's degree in Christian spirituality. This is God Hears Her. My whole journey as a writer and as a speaker has been accepting who God has made me in Christ and that I have a brain Mm -hmm. and that I can think. Mm -hmm. And at one level, the whole academic study, way until the end, until I got to the dissertation, I just didn't think I belonged, Mm -hmm. that I wasn't smart enough, that I couldn't do this deep kind of reading and this critical thinking. And and I I just battled on through the end. And that was part of God transforming me to say, 
I am your teacher. Mm. You know, to take mm. Psalm 23 and say, mm. though you might walk through the valley of bad um, papers, I am the one who upholds <laughs> yeah. you. I am your teacher and mm. I give you my wisdom. So receive it and know that you're my child. It's back to who I am in Christ. That's mm. a real recurring theme for me. You've personalized that beautifully. And yeah. I, I hope maybe everybody listening can think about that. Though I walk through fill in the blank. Yeah, yes. exactly. God is with me. Yes. That's very personal. That's so good. How have you both, when you've walked through the valley of mm -hmm. whatever, how mm -hmm. have you felt God's presence mm -hmm. near you and changing you? Mm -hmm. I went through a divorce oh. and then a lot of debt, like almost filed for bankruptcy, mm -hmm. business, struggling. I mean, just all sorts of when I talk about metrics of where we find our identity and our self-worth that are not sustainable, yes. mine was in relationships and status and okay. finance and all of that. So then when I was stripped of it, I was at the end of myself mm. and I had to ask God, like, God, I want to see myself the way you see me oh, because I'm yeah. seeing myself through all of these circumstances. And that's where it was like an overwhelming peace and like I can't it's like it felt like a hug hmm. of his presence oh yes when I just prayed and surrendered my life to him and was just like please make something new of this renew my life transform me yes and change things inside of me and heal areas that I don't even know how to even approach hmm. I'm remembering a, a situation when I was on a plane coming home from a speaking engagement and our family was going through such difficult times. My daughter was pregnant as a teenager. My son was finding himself in hard places and I couldn't be home for some important moments and I was on my way home and my flight was delayed. Mm. And it was like, really, God, you know where I need to be. Please, please, please. And I looked out the window. We were stuck on this tarmac and that actually, Amy, Psalm 23 went through my, mm. my heart. Oh, okay. And it was the, not the verse that just, though you walk through, it was, I will make you lie down in green pastures. And oh. I looked out the window and there was this tiny scrap of green in the middle of the runway, uh, grass. And I just thought, I'm going to commit right now, God, to look for the green. You know, yeah. the pasture, the yes. place that you're going to help me to lie down when yes. I'm walking through the whatever. Even though it's storming all around. Whatever it is. And, you know, I think, you know, our conversation's been about being in transition, you know, talking a lot about moving in as an American mm -hmm. to the United Kingdom, to London. But all of us are in transitions. Yes. We're things that we depend on are stripped away. Mm -hmm. And the assurance, the transformative truth is that even though we walk through God's with us and that he will make us lie down. So let's look for the green, look if you for will. The green. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's such a good reminder. Going back to you, what would you tell anybody that's listening that doesn't feel like God hears them or sees them? And you can look back and you see when you may have felt that way. What would you tell them? Well, I would say to get quiet. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, if that works for them, if they're a huge extrovert, they might need to get talking to another person. But for me, I was reading the Bible in that wonderful part of Isaiah where God says, I've known you and I love you. You are my beloved. 
And there are just different parts in the Bible where you just can hear God speaking through the words of Scripture. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit leads us to the Scripture that we need to go to at the right time, whether on our own or whether through the help of another person. And the Holy Spirit will bring that alive, and it'll be like God is speaking straight to your heart. And that's what I needed to hear, Mm. is that I was beloved by God and that he loved me, he knew me, he saw me, he hears me. And I think a lot of the time we have to ask him to help us turn off our whatever voices of I'm not good enough, I've done this, I've done that, and just to quiet down. And you could put your hand on your heart and go, I've asked you, Lord Jesus, to come live in me, and I know you do. So please speak through the words of the Bible. And I think God will, and then just hold on to that truth. Write it out and put it on over your sink if you're washing the dishes or on your phone or on your computer and just live out of the truth yeah. that God is with us. God is with us. He sees us. He hears us. He knows us. And nothing anyone can say, including ourselves, can change that. That's so encouraging. You've been listening to God Hears Her, and our guest has been Amy Boucher-Pie, who is supposed to be here to talk about her book, The Living Cross, Exploring God's Gift of Forgiveness. But her advice and experience with issues of identity ended up being so helpful, we decided to stick with that thread for our conversation. But we would still encourage you to pick up a copy of her book. Again, it's titled The Living Cross, Exploring God's Gift of Forgiveness. And it offers a 40-day exploration of what the Bible says about forgiveness. If you want more information, there's a link to her book in the show notes. Also in the show notes are the talking points for today's conversation, along with links to verses mentioned, and a link to a free resource titled, What is God Calling Me to Do? This is an article that specifically addresses the topic of career and calling for anyone who's struggling to discover what God has for them to do. So click the link in the show notes, which are available in the podcast description or on our website at godhearsher.org. That's godhearsher.org. Thank you so much for joining us today. And don't forget, God sees you. He hears you. He loves you because you are his. Hey there, this is Daniel Ryan Day, the producer of God Hears Her. And I wanted to take just a quick moment to say thank you for joining us for season one and to let you know that Elisa and Aaron will be back on September 14th with a whole new season of topics, guests, and great conversation. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes and share God Hears Her with the women in your life that need to be reminded that God sees them, He hears them, and He loves them because they are His. God Hears Her would not exist without the help of Peggy, Luann, and Quinlan. We are so thankful for you guys.